Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Yesterday, Senator Arizona Senator Martha McSally called CNN's reporter Manu Raju. Man, are you a liberal hack? Liberal hack. You want to get your liberal <laughs> hack t-shirt? She's selling them. Yeah, no joke. Oh. Selling them. Uh, contribution fee of $35. Yes, Senator McSally is fundraising, apparently, off of this exchange yesterday. Senator McSally, should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Man, are you a liberal hack? I'm not talking to you. Okay, yeah, you've seen the video. Uh, She was even apparently recording it herself, which is just strange to me. So this is leading me to believe that this was more of a setup. This is more of a strategy. Maybe she, you know, is getting her butt kicked in fundraising by Mark Kelly and decided to go, you know, this route to raise more money. Eh, We'll see if it works. Yeah, we just we just talked about that the the other day that the fundraising numbers were out for 2019. Mark Kelly, her uh, her challenger, uh, raised 20 million dollars. She raised 12 million dollars. Very unusual uh, for an incumbent senator, a sitting senator, to raise less than the person challenging her, let alone that much less. So it was a concern. And in fact, other reports have Martha McSally, when she's out in public giving talks, has has come out and just said publicly, I need outside groups to help me. Like she's begging them to run ads of their own because she's getting hit with negative ads by outside groups uh, from the from the Democratic side. So obviously the fundraising thing's an issue for her. And this just, when you look at it now, the fact that she has a staffer following her and recording her as she's walking in the Senate halls, they don't normally do that, that she would respond this way to, frankly, what everybody is saying is a reasonable question. This happens, if you're a senator, you're walking the hall, there are reporters there asking you questions as you walk to the next meeting. This is not unusual. The question's not a hacky question or a liberal question. It's a question they're all being asked now. So her response was very quick. She said it twice, actually. It just seems like a setup. And now she's immediately selling T-shirts. She's on Fox News talking about it. Uh, Pamela, it looks like she's trying to raise money off it, and she is. Yeah, you know what? In fact, the Trump war room uh, retweeted the the video and said, three cheers for Senator Martha McSally. This is how you handle fake news at CNN. Donate! To Martha now! Here's the link. Yeah, exactly. And you too can donate here. But as we just said in that last... Uh, segment we did regarding, you know, Arpaio having more money in his coffers than Paul Penzone. Money's important, no doubt. Money in politics is super important. That's how you get your name and your message out there. But it is not the end all be all. Uh, how you get that position is by getting people to vote for you. I know, you know, blowing your mind here. And there are a lot of Arizonans out there that have already made up their mind about Senator McSally. In fact, the vast majority of Arizonans have. Some love her. Yes, 46% of voters here in Arizona think positively of Senator McSally. Others, not so much. 47% don't like her. So OH Predictive Insights say that leaves roughly 6% of voters on the fence. And that's who I want to hear from. Okay. If you love McSally, this wasn't for you. If you hate McSally, this wasn't for you. It's that 6% in the middle that is going to determine this election. How did Senator McSally's exchange yesterday, the antics, if you did will, change your vote. set with you? Here's what you're saying on our open mic line. Take a listen. Steve Phoenix, I disagree with her doing that. I don't think she should have done it. And I don't know who I'm voting for, but... Uh I'm leaning a little more towards uh, Kelly now. Mark from Chandler. Um, I'm, I voted down the middle, split my ticket. But what bothers me about this is that she is supposed to be a senator representing the state of Arizona. 
not representing the Republican Party. The claim, I'm for my people, when what she means is I'm for half of my people, it just doesn't sit well. And that's it's terrible that she didn't learn from the last election. Belinda from Chandler, it makes me least likely to vote for her because he asked her a simple and fair question. And I just want to know her answer. Jack from Globe, it makes no difference whether she said he was a liberal hack, and it wouldn't upset me if a Democrat called a Fox News reporter a conservative hack. Okay, well, actually, you know what? (laughs) Funny that you should say that, because as you pointed out, Barry, that uh, she's making the rounds, Senator McSally making the rounds, and and made the rounds onto Fox News. Well, she didn't make the rounds. She only went on Fox News. (laughs) She didn't go on CNN. She didn't go on MSNBC. She went nowhere but Fox News. But she was, you know, kind of had her her hand a little held to the fire by Laura Ingram. And, and take a listen to that exchange. What sure. about Manu Raj's question? Do you want witnesses? Sure. I want a fair trial. Okay, uh, you're not going to get to play the game with no, no, no. you. You can call me a no. conservative no. hack. Conservative hack. Do you want witnesses? <laughs> yes or no? Why aren't you telling us? Because we're going to vote on, on on Tuesday to start the trial and let them present the. Uh, well, how are you going to vote on the motion for more wit- for witnesses? Oh, oh. We're going to get to that. I mean, I'm not going to tell everybody what all my votes are going to be, but obviously, my point. Pretty easy question, don't you think, Senator? I think we're going to proceed forward at that point, and I really. But you're not going to vote. With Romney and the others, all down. are you? You're gonna, I, you're gonna, you're gonna I think vote. We'll proceed to a final vote. Uh, I hope with a strong unity. All right, got to give Laura Ingraham some credit there. She pressed her several times on that same question, and and, and by the way. Also fine for McSally not to answer it. I don't know that any of them are. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are many senators. Yes, many senators are saying never going to have witnesses. But most of them now are saying, hey, let's listen to the opening statements. Let's listen to the evidence. And then we're going to have another vote. And I'll do it then. I I think McSally could have handled that a little bit better. But I have no problem with her not answering the question. The the issue for us here is, did she do this purposely just to set this up as a fundraising scheme, which which it kind of looks like she did now. At first, I didn't think so. But I think she did now. And then, two, is is it working? I mean, are people going to open their pocketbook because of this, because the Trump campaign sends out a link or because she sends this out? And three, uh, how does this affect her? Because she's somebody, if you think about this, Pamela, in the last election two years ago, she uh, or she really attached herself to Donald Trump and she lost that election to Senator Kirsten Sinema. If she's going to do that again, it looks like she is. Why does she expect a different result? Yeah, it comes down to likability. You know, and people will vote for politicians. You know, they they may like what they represent or what they stand for. But at the end of the day, you're voting for people. Right. And do you like that person? And I think it was a calculated risk. I do believe it was a strategy. How this all plays out is anyone's guess. But um, it wasn't by accident. No. And so how this again, you're selling T-shirts, for goodness sakes. I'm not joking. I'm a liberal hack. You know, is the T-shirt that's being sold right now. Would you buy it for 35 bucks? No. No, no. Okay, no. Well, no one just says I'm hack. a hack. People call me a hack all the time. I can do that. You know what? Um, CNN obviously is is reacting to this because not only is Martha McSally, to a certain degree, benefiting from this through fundraising, CNN's benefiting as well by, you know, being relevant and, and talking about it. And Anderson Cooper took an interesting approach. Take a listen to this. If you can't answer that question, maybe you shouldn't have been elected to the Senate. What? Oh, sorry. Martha McSally actually wasn't elected to the Senate. She actually tried to get elected, but she lost. I forgot that. She lost actually to a Democrat. Oh, my. Wow. Oh, yeah. my. Gloves are off. I yeah. mean, that, that's what you're seeing there are the gloves are off. And if this is what we're seeing right now on January 17th, folks... 
buckle your safety belts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long ten months. There's no question about it. And uh, they're both going to have a bunch of money. Mark Kelly and, and uh, Senator McSally. They're both going to have a lot of money. We're going to see a lot of ads. Uh, we'll see how how nasty the campaign is. Remember last time the McSally Cinema campaign? It got nasty. Martha McSally called Kirsten Cinema a traitor. She called her a traitor. But so, cinema didn't. So, so we're talking strategy here, right? Yeah. We're not talking, you know, R versus D. But what is the strategy to win? Because in essence, that's what politics is all about. And Martha McSally took the strategy of getting down and dirty and into the muck and mire of politics, of which so many people don't like. But in essence, it inevitably goes in that direction. I feel Kirsten Cinema. It, maybe it's too simplistic to say she didn't do that, but she didn't do it to the same level of Martha McSally. And who won? And so you would think that like the postmortem after the McSally campaign failed would be, well, what did we do wrong and what can we learn from it? Did, did they learn from that loss that you need to get even dirtier? You need to be even more brash. You need to be more outspoken. That's what it appears we're seeing right now. Yeah, it could be. And look, these politicians, uh, they live and die by these polls, right? So they get polls all the time, and then they react and do things based on that, uh, what they think is best. And and the difference this, this election is going to – that'll be interesting – is President Trump's running in this election. So perhaps she's seeing polling that says if you attach yourself to the president again, you're going to get a higher turnout, more people will be voting, the Trump voters are going to vote for you, and you don't need to go a little bit across the aisle and, and try to get that 7 or 8% in the middle that can change the election. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the polling is what's going to drive this, uh, but she's in a very difficult position with this with the impeachment hearing. Uh, she seems to have picked her side already. I, I, I do not think we're going to see Martha McSally vote for more witnesses uh, or certainly do a vote to remove the president. That's not going to happen. Uh, the question now is, does the rest of the election move her more to the right and more in line with President Trump? Or does she do what I thought she was doing for a little while, which was trying to seem just a tad more moderate, maybe a little more to the center right? Um, we'll see where this takes her. Yeah, to pick up that 6% in the yeah. middle here in Arizona that is going to determine this next election. Again, may I remind you, it's January 7th. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up next here, you know, we're, we're, we're still talking a little bit of politics here, but this is the stuff that really impacts us. We're talking about student loan debt. Can lawmakers, politicians just wipe it away with a pen? Hmm. We know of one that wants to do it. And what would the impact of that be? Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Pamela Hughes and Barry Markson this week as Bruce St. James is off. Uh, we're talking about college debt, student loan debt. Um, I came out of ASU graduating with the pretty sizable amount of debt. Did you have some debt when you graduated? You know, I didn't, and I, maybe How this shows my age. Well, I went back when going to ASU was inexpensive. It's nearly as free yeah, as possible? It really was. Oh, I mean, is that what it was? It, it was uh, I still remember my freshman year. It was $850 night. for the year. What? Four hundred twenty-five dollars a semester, and I'm only thirty-four. So yeah, right, exactly. It's a, no, but it, 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 it used to be a lot less expensive, uh, and most people did not come out with debt. Now you have about fifty, sixty percent of ASU or excuse me, Arizona residents graduate from an a, an Arizona school with debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, and, and and the number is just constantly going up. And we know that it, it's it's hindering young people's ability. And and heck, you've got even like you know thirty and forty year olds who are still paying off their their student loans. Uh, they're they're their ability to you know, start a family, buy that house. It, it, it's its just this this debt that weighs on them, and it's having a profound economic impact on our country. So as we look at the politics in 2020, there is 
there are several, but one in particular candidate who wants to just wipe it away pretty much and college free for everyone. I'm sure you guys can guess who this is. We are going to roll back student loan debt and make college universally available with free tuition and fees. Okay, how? How do you do that? Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren has come out with a plan. What do you think about this? She believes, Barry, that she can erase the vast majority of the America's student loan debt without approval from Congress. She wants to wipe away $50,000 in debt for 95% of these student loan borrowers in the United States. And she says that she can do it um, in this new plan. Yeah, it, this is, um, first of all, nothing should be free. If you want people to get take Agreed. college seriously, don't make it free. It shouldn't be as expensive as it is, uh, but it should cost something. There should be some skin in the game. Agreed. Um, and I'll tell you, when I hear her and there's some other Democrats who talk like this, too, getting rid of student yep. debt and free college, it, it makes me think, and I, I say this, you know, look, my wife and I have saved money since our kids were born yep. to put them through college. Like uh-huh. we, so I have. We have some savings set aside to, to help them go to college. And you've sacrificed to put that Absolutely aside. Absolutely, we yes, have. As have we, I, we live my in daughter a, Riley. We live live in a smaller house. Yep. We do less things yep. because we put money away so we could make sure we could help them with college. It's a decision that we made. And and I understand some people don't have the ability to do that. Maybe they're living more check to check. That happens. But I will say that what one thing I'm considering, and I, I say I used to say this more to be funny, and now I'm being more and more serious as my son's getting closer. I think I'm going to have him take out student loans because if someone's going to come in here and forgive all the debt, I want in on that. I, 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 why wouldn't I get some of that stuff? You know what, Barry? I don't think you're alone on that. It's ridiculous. I, I honestly do not think that you're alone in that. I, I think that you are going... What Elizabeth Warren, it, Warren is proposing, what Bernie Sanders has talked about, is actually detrimental to the student loan situation that we're in. I think it is going to encourage more people to take out loans because they believe that eventually it's going to be wiped away as well. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think that that's a good thing. I'm with you with having skin in the game. I look at it from like, you didn't graduate with student loan debt, but I did. And guess what? I paid it off. I took out a loan. I was responsible for that loan. I didn't default on it. I paid it off. So when you're talking about wiping out that loan as well, then you start having people like me going, well, why did I pay mine off? If you're just going to be wiping it away and no debt for anybody, we we all knew what we were signing up for when we took out that loan. And so you have a responsibility to pay it back. Now, should student loans and, and tuition continuously go up year over year over year? We can have that argument. But the conversation right now, as far as just with a with a you know swoop of her pen, she believes that using provisions in the Higher Education Act, that she would be able to, as president, if it were to get to yeah. that, she would be able to really wipe away the vast majority yeah. of the student loan debt without Congress. Yeah, whether or not that's true or not legally, I don't know. She's obviously, she's been saying this about a lot of things, what I'm doing day one. Um, but the bottom line is there's a there's a big push uh, amongst a lot of people in the Democratic Party to get rid of this college debt. And it is a big issue. There sure. are a lot of people saddled with debt. We talked about this earlier, how it, can't, it, it negatively affects the economy. They can't buy houses. They can't buy cars. It's bad for everybody. The marriage, uh, when people get married, is being delayed because folks don't think they're financially stable enough to get married yet. It's having a huge cultural effect on the entire country. But what I'd love to hear her talking about and other presidential contenders talking about is how do we reduce the cost 
of going to college, not the debt. Let's make it less expensive to go to college. Let's make it that, that you don't, that, no, no, that makes much sense. Let's make let's, makes sense. let's do something so it isn't like you're taking a mortgage out to buy a house in order to get an education. But think about it when you go to the doctor. You don't want them to treat just the symptoms. You want to find out why you're sick. Right. What's the cause of my illness? Don't just put a Band-Aid on it or give me a pill. Figure out what's going on so that I can stop making that happen. That's the argument you're making yep. for student loan debt. Don't just treat the symptoms of the problem. Treat the problem. Exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. Oh, my. Oh, oh the big issue coming up next. Bears. It's oh, the big my. one. Yeah. Uber, Lyft, fees. Yes. No. What's going on? We've had the competing banjos that have been going on <laughs> over this issue. We've had AG, uh, CDGEG, Mark Burnovich on the program. We've had the attorney representing the city on the program. You're going to hear from both of them and what their arguments are for this next on KTAR. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Yeah, we've been trying to get you some perspective on this Uber, Lyft, fight that's happening between the city of Phoenix and now apparently the state attorney general's office because... Uh, yesterday, you heard it right here on KTAR that uh, Arizona State Attorney General Mark Burnovich believes that the fees at Sky Harbor violate the state constitution. He joined us earlier this morning, explained that for us. We were then uh, joined later in the program by the attorney that was representing or is representing the city in this case. And I think it's kind of like the dueling banjos, Barry. Again, I've got Barry Markson uh, in all week as Bruce St. James is off. You know, they, they both obviously know their arguments. They know their side. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, you hear uh, Jay Caribou, who is representing the city in this case, talk about how the Constitution no, it says you can do this. The Arizona Constitution, ever since statehood, has allowed cities not only to own, manage, and charge fees for the access and use of their property, but also to operate enterprises and businesses just like any other private operator would. So we're sort of doubly sure in this case that these that these charges are okay. Yeah, that is Jay Kabu with the uh, city who is representing the city in this case. Mark Burnovich, our state attorney general, says, no, you, you can't ignore the Constitution. If you don't like what the Constitution says, the remedy is not to ignore it and to ignore the will of the voters, as some of the politicians in Phoenix are doing. The remedy is, is that if you don't like it, is to change it. Um, and clearly that's not what they're doing. You can't just pick and choose which laws to uh, apply to you. Yeah, so you're hearing both of these arguments from both of these uh, these sides in this, Barry, and your takeaway as an attorney yourself, uh, who has a stronger argument? Well, you know, it's really going to come down to the specific wording of Prop 126. And I just went back and looked at it again. So Prop 26 that we approved, the voters approved in 2018, it was to ban taxing services, and it was really supported by the realtor. So it would have been a tax on realtor services when you buy and sell a house. Daycare, yeah. Yeah, or, or if you hire a lawyer. Like right now, when, I, when someone pays my bill, there are no sales taxes attached to that. If you hire your accountant to do your tax, your, your, you know, do your income taxes, there's no sales tax attached to that. That's, I think, the focus of what uh, Prop 126 was. Here, uh, the, the Attorney General's office is saying it's, it's broader than that. It's a, it's a, you banned all taxes on services, and the city of Phoenix is now taxing rideshare services. The city says it's not, a, it's not a tax or a fee in that respect. It's an access. They're providing access to the curb, in their mind, just like they do when it's a restaurant 
on our st- a store inside the airport. And I asked the Attorney General that as well. It'll come down to how, how broadly the Supreme Court wants to read Prop 126. Okay, so when it comes to the the access, the access to the curb space at Phoenix Sky Harbor, that is what Jay Kabu with the city is arguing in this case. The key isn't what's going on. The key is where it's happening. They're dropping off and picking up on airport property, so it, and the city has a right to charge for that. Okay, so you're charging for that curb space, and that argument, well... The state attorney general seemed to take an exception with that argument actually offends me because as someone that grew up here in Phoenix, I've paid my taxes. My family's paid their taxes. I mean, we I remember when, you know, growing up when we did the the Desert Cove elementary tour of Sky Harbor Airport. And they were like, oh, we're going to build this third terminal now. And I mean, it's it's so like we've paid for that. We built it. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have to pay a curb fee um, if I'm dropping off or picking up my spouse. But that's the kind of logic. If you're okay. if the logic is that, well, these people have to pay it because they're dropping people off, then how does that not apply to everybody? Yeah, and that's, I think, how a lot of people feel, right? Is like, we paid for the airport. Why, are we, why do we keep getting hit with more and more taxes? And, of course, some people are going to say, well, the city's saying it's not a tax at all. But some people are going to say, well, you look, we're providing different services. We're doing ride share. We're doing uh, light rail. Uh, we're doing parking lots. There's more cost there. We have to have more fees to pay for those things. Yeah, but I think that the state attorney general made an interesting argument. And it's not so much about the fees. Because when you complain about fees, I mean, nobody wants to pay more, yeah. right? Nobody ever thinks, I'm not paying enough. Let me pay more. And we have paid fees at the airport in the past. When you have licensing fees for the taxis, when they're competing for those, the fees that other transportation um, uses or has to pay in order to use the, the airport, that has all happened. And we, the taxpayers, have paid that in the past. I think that the distinction that the state attorney general was making is that, yeah, that's happened in the past. But the voters in Arizona in 2018, decided that that's not what's going to happen moving forward. At the end of the day, what may have happened in the past or how they did these assessments in the past really is irrelevant to the legal analysis. So when the voters approved this in 2018, it was prospective. It was going forward. So in the future, the voters spoke overwhelmingly that they don't want the cities imposing any new fees, taxes, or assessments. And that is exactly what the city is doing. Yeah, and that was in response, that was the Attorney General, of course, responding to a question about why the fees now are different than fees that were previously assigned to taxi services or super shuttle and things like that. And his answer is proper is that the law changed in 2018. The law changed going forward that you can't do that. So uh, this is going to be an interesting case. It goes before the Supreme Court, uh, the Arizona Supreme Court. And what the attorney general has done pursuant to that he's allowed to do under the statute, uh, he's asked for special action, which that's a specific legal term. Instead of the case being filed at the trial court level, and then after a year, it goes to the appellate court. Then after another year, it goes to the Supreme Court. It's just going to go straight to the Supreme Court so they can make a decision based on this new law and interpret it. I would expect that within the next four to six months, we're going to have a decision. There'll be a briefing schedule. There'll be oral argument. And then the justices will probably take some time to make the decision. By legal standards, this is going to go pretty fast. Yeah. But if the city of Phoenix decides not to drop the fee yeah. and this moves forward along that path, you heard on our show uh, with the state attorney general, Mark Burnovich, announcing Tuesday he is going to order a stay. What is it? Well, he's going to file two things. One is with the one is for the special action that the case be taken up to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And then two is a stay. And a stay is just to pause the implementation of this new fee. So it's supposed to go into effect February 1st. Yeah. Normally, in something like this, it's not unusual. The court will issue a stay. It's a pause. It's a delay and an order 
order that says, hey, City of Phoenix, you can't start this new fee yet until this decision is uh, until this issue is resolved. That's I would expect the city may just agree to that. I don't know for sure. And then I wouldn't be surprised if the Supreme Court said, yeah, let's hold off until we make the decision. Um, so I think that'll likely happen. Okay, so really what we're getting at here to kind of boil it down is the state attorney general is working to not have the fee go into place until the Arizona Supreme Court rules on this. Yeah. And, and really, the big question there is, do Uber and Lyft wait? They were going to pull out of Sky yeah, Harbor. exactly. Do they say, OK, we'll keep serving Sky Harbor until that decision comes down? If it's one we like, we'll stay. If not, we can always leave that. Well, you know what? Uh, to be continued. Right. Stay tuned. Because right. Because the story is developing and it's going to continue to develop over the next few days, weeks and months. Man, there was a lot to get up and down in the show here today. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Barry Markson in for Bruce St. James all week long. Next, well, we want to reward you for sticking around through the ups and the downs. I'm going to try to do so by giving you a good feel-good story. Faith in Humanity coming up next on KTIR. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Yeah, we got Pamela Hughes and Barry Markson in for Bruce St. James vacationing all week long. And uh, Barry, you're you're an attorney by day, and that could be a pretty high pressure job, right? This week is pretty much just buttoned by afternoon, but yes. Okay, well there you go. All right. Well, I appreciate you, you know, <laughs> pulling the double shift for me here. Um, finding out that those that you know adults that are in like these high pressure jobs and are stressed uh, out instead of like you know what hitting a glass of wine or um you know just kind of netflix and chill all night long in order to decompress more and more of them are playing with legos <laughs> yeah that's not me okay i was gonna say by the lab i'm gonna assume that you haven't even. gone out and bought the oh four hundred dollar harry potter hogwarts castle no i don't think i even like playing with legos as a kid i'm sure i did to some extent you ever playing with your kids oh my kids did absolutely yeah. yeah we did it then as well but no if i'm gonna relax after work it's it's not uh i get more frustrated than anything else so lego is trying to kind of zero in on this growing demographic. And the growing demographic is a stressed out adult. And, and they're saying that, you know what, as like the, the toy category yeah. is getting more and more condensed and fewer toys are being sold. They're trying to expand their brand and expand their, you know, where they can make profits from. Adults and they're, targ- yeah, they're targeting adults. Yeah. And these are th- th- this is what I was talking about. I mean, they're talking about an eight hundred dollar, seventy five hundred piece stars star wars millennium falcon a lego puzzle in essence a model to put together or 400 bucks for a harry potter hogwarts castle those are huge puzzle operations to put together and i i have no interest in that okay. now, just give me a big bag of legos and i'll play with them i'll do that no 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 no, no, yeah. no. because what they're finding out here <laughs> is the adults that want to kind of disconnect that they're calling this like the new kind of mindfulness out there they want the instructions yeah. That they have to have something that tells them exactly how to build this because it allows them to zone out. Just being creative with that like box of Legos that every parent has in the corner somewhere in a closet because their kids have played with them back in the day. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, These are well, like, like the fun. models. And I know that, you know, I'm not sharing any any stories out of school, but Bruce has talked about oh, some right? of the I believe they're like tanker boats that he has put together. And so he has done this. Yeah. And and I just think it's kind of funny how you know, things that you did growing up, Legos, that they're trying to get you to do when you're an adult, right? Because the other thing you did when you were a kid that they're telling you helps with chilling out as an adult, coloring books. Coloring books. Adult, you know, I just heard about that. Adult coloring books. 
That has no appeal at all. <laughs> what? Why would you do that? So have they you just... done it? No. I have. Really? It is relaxing. And it is one of those things where <laughs> I just did it because I got one for my grandma. Okay. Right? So uh, it came with like a couple extra sheets and my daughter wanted to do one. She's like, color with me, mom. And so this wasn't like the, you know, uh, Muppet crayons? Babies kind of thing. No, you get pencils. Like, like the color pencils okay. and you can shade in different things. So it's a heck of a lot more intricate than the Bubble Guppies, you know, uh, coloring book that Riley had back in the day. Not that I'm going to go out and buy one, but you know what? Wow. I kind of get what they were getting at here. How long did you sit with it and do the, the adult coloring book? Probably the amount of uh, time that she sat and did hers, which was all about like three, four minutes. Because oh. again, the uh, <laughs> the attention span of a child that age, uh, not very big. So yeah, Lego. Lego sets its sights on a growing market. Stressed out adults. But yeah. you know what will stress the adults at? Step it on the Legos. Oh, yeah. Ow. I've screamed a couple choice yes, words when you sure. have stepped on a Lego. That, folks, may be one reason why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. And this is a great story. And it's coming to us um, out of a restaurant in Michigan. Lady was working the tables just like I did when I served tables all those years at ASU. And uh, she got a group of young boys. When I say young boys, I want to say they were in the sixth grade. And they're there by themselves. And I'm going to tell you, most servers are going to look at that and go, this is going to be a headache. But it wasn't. In fact, these young men, she said, were extremely polite. Not only were they extremely polite, but they told her that they had been looking forward to this for weeks and that one of the kids was on the phone when others were trying to order and she was trying to, to take care of them. And they kind of nudge them and go, hey, 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 put that down. She's talking to us. Right. So they were kind of checking each other in this entire situation. And then when they left, they told her they were going to tip her well. Don't know what they tipped her, but we do know that they cleaned up the table after themselves. They had gathered all the cups together, stacked up their trays, their plates, their buckets. They were out for wings. Their dirty napkins were neatly on one side of the table. It impressed her so much, she took a picture of it, posted it up there, because she had said that they were extremely polite. She had never had anybody, adults included, do this when they were done. And and she said, you know what, adults struggle with manners. So it made her feel really good at how respectful and well-mannered these young boys were, especially without having anyone keep an eye on them. Well, there you go. That's a nice thing. It restored her faith in humanity. Hopefully, it did yours on this Friday. Barry, really appreciate you coming in helping me hold it down all week long. Great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I always me. learn something when you're in. Uh, we've got Tommy Tommy While You Buggin' over there on the other side of the glass, super producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClay. You know him, and he's not going anywhere. 